0: Welcome to the MS Gym Podcast, where we give you the tools to live life by design, not by diagnosis. I'm your host, Brooke Slick, and here we go. Hello, everyone, and welcome to this impromptu episode of the MS Gym Podcast. Today, I'll be sharing information I've gained regarding the coronavirus, also known as COVID-19, and shedding some light on the impact that it may have on us who have MS. MS is scary enough, and I want to keep it all in check by passing along some expert knowledge. The coronavirus is the potentially deadly virus that reportedly surfaced in China in December of 2019 and has now swept the globe in what is considered pandemic proportions. With this episode, I'm hoping to arm you with information that will quell your fears And help you to safely move forward as we all navigate this hopefully once in a lifetime event. Just like MS, this virus knows no border. So we're all impacted. Please listen closely as I do my best to inform you about what may or may not put someone with MS at higher risk of contracting or fighting off the virus. Just like many of you have been, I've been anxiously watching the news and trying to stay as up-to-date as possible on all things coronavirus. How far has it spread? How many people have been tested positive? How to avoid it? Who's at risk? Are we on lockdown yet? Then yesterday, I came across an interview on MS Views and News that actor and MS advocate, Damian Washington, who was a former guest on this podcast last year, did with Dr. Aaron Boster of the Boster Center for MS in Columbus, Ohio. If you're not familiar with MS Views and News, I'm going to be putting a link in the the episode notes. After listening to the interview where Dr. Boster and Damien break down the risks that may or may not be specific to people with MS, I knew it was information that I had to share with the community. And rather than reinvent the wheel, and because I'm not a medical professional, I decided that I would just provide you with key highlights of that interview. If after listening to this episode, you're craving further details, I highly recommend you listen to the entire interview on YouTube. And I'll be putting a link to that in the episode notes as well. Here's what I've learned. The very first thing I want to point out is that having MS alone does not put you at higher risk for contracting the coronavirus or at higher risk for fighting it off. As Dr. Boster mentioned, people with MS who are not taking certain DMDs actually have an exaggerated immune response, not a suppressed one. I think we all instantly assume that all the drugs that someone with MS might take are immunosuppressants. Turns out that's not the case. Some are and some aren't, and I'll share the differences coming up. Let me backtrack a little and start with how you would even know if you had the virus. Here are the symptoms to look for. The coronavirus is typically accompanied with fever, cough, and shortness of breath, and can take 2 to 14 days to manifest. And even though you may not have any symptoms during that first 2 to 14 days, you're still contagious during that period. So keep that in mind. How might you have contracted the virus? While everybody has their knickers all in a twist about breathing somebody else's air, it's actually most likely to be contracted from the virus adhering to solid surfaces. Solid surfaces or somebody who has the virus has coughed, sneezed or touched that surface and then you go on to touch the same surfaces. It's important to note that this virus can live on a solid surface up to three days. When I heard that, I was like, oh my God. My head started reeling about all the surfaces that I might have touched, coughed, sneezed onto in recent weeks, like my car steering wheel, my cell phone, my laptop, uh, cabinet handles, kitchen and bathroom faucets, light switches, appliance buttons. I could literally walk from one end of my house to the other and spray hundreds of surfaces that I might have touched. So Here's some top tips to avoid contracting the virus. Number one, consistently wash your hands throughout the day for 20 seconds each time. Number two, when you sneeze or cough, do it into a tissue. You are correct in assuming that somebody who has the coronavirus shouldn't be walking around coughing or sneezing without covering your mouth. But, as Dr. Boster mentions, you shouldn't be coughing into your hands or your sleeve. You should be coughing or sneezing into a tissue and then immediately disposing it. Number three, don't touch your face. If you touch a surface that has coronavirus on it and then you touch your face, the risk of contracting the virus is highly increased. Number four, wipe down all of those everyday common surfaces that we come into contact every day. Walk from one end of your house to the other, wiping as you go. Wash your hands before you do it and after you do it. Number five, and this is a big one, socially distance or isolate yourself, ideally within six feet of others. Number six, back to those masks we were talking about. Here's how it works. If you're positive for coronavirus, wear one. If you're not, it's not necessary and may even put you at higher risk. Because you might have come into contact with the virus, and then you're constantly touching your mask and your face to readjust the mask, which puts you at higher risk of getting it. If you've ever had to wear a mask, hello, my stem cell transplant listeners, you know exactly what I'm talking about. Who is at high risk? First, for the population at large, people under the age of nine or over the age of 60. Next. People with comorbidities, such as heart or lung issues and the like, or people who are immunosuppressed, and that would be people who are currently receiving chemo, and to my HSCT brothers and sisters out there, people who have received a stem cell transplant. Next up, your geography may play a role. Obviously, in a more populated area, statistically, you're more likely to come in contact with other people. I live in a very rural area, nothing but farmland for days, but that doesn't mean if I go to the grocery store where hundreds of other people have been, I don't have to be careful about what I'm touching. Another thing that could come into play is your occupation. It may put you at higher risk. Of course, the medical community. And then if your occupation is something that puts you in direct contact with others, you're at higher risk. Now let's get back. To the risk faced specifically by people who have MS. As I mentioned before, MS alone does not put you at higher risk. It's the drugs that you may be taking to slow the progression of your disease that may be putting you at higher risk because it suppresses your immune system. And here's the list of those drugs and their effect. Up first, injectables. Some examples of injectables are Rebif, Capaxone, Betaseron, Avonex. They are not immunosuppressants. They are immunomodulatory. Given that, you are not at higher risk. Next, pills. Abagio does not put you at increased risk. Tecfidera. Itself does not put you at risk. However, it can have a side effect that could lower white blood cell counts, therefore increasing your risk. Galenia could put you possibly at a slight risk of upper respiratory infection, which puts you in a little bit of a higher risk. Mavenclad. Mavenclad temporarily suppresses the immune system, then it reconstitutes itself which means the timing of your immune system suppression varies. Because of that, you must discuss any decisions you make with regard to this drug or any of the drugs I've mentioned before you make a change on your own. Here's another top tip from Dr. Boster. Do not, out of fear of contracting the virus, abruptly stop taking your drug cold turkey. The risk of the rebound effect for some of these drugs, is a very real possibility. Next, infusions. And three of the most currently popular infusions are Tysabri, which I've been on, Ocrevus, and Lemtrada. According to Dr. Boster, the infusion with the least amount of risk is Tysabri. Reason being, it only suppresses the brain's immune response, not your body's peripheral immune response. Ocrevus. It knocks down a small portion of the immune system, B cells in particular. This puts you at a slightly higher risk of infection. Lemtrada. It suppresses both T and B cells, but for varying prolonged periods of time between infusions. For that reason, At any given point, you could be at higher risk of severe infection. So timing and risk levels are key. Last but not least, the winner in the highest risk category is stem cell transplant, known in MS circles as HSCT, hematopoietic stem cell transplant. Why? Because it completely ablates the immune system, leaving you with no safeguard to fight off infection. No surprise there, um, I had HSCT seven years ago. At that time, I lived being hypervigilant for almost a year, so all of this social distancing and isolation, it's really not unfamiliar territory. So there are the main takeaways. Just because you have MS alone, does not put you at higher risk for contracting coronavirus. Certain, but not all, disease-modifying drugs for MS can put you at higher risk of infection. Who is at high risk? Ways you can contract the virus, and top tips on what you can do to avoid contracting the virus. I want to mention that the last portion of Damien and Dr. Boster's interview included a really cool Q&A that covered topics like flu shots, being pregnant with MS and COVID, coronavirus, incubation period, testing for COVID, fitness gyms, travel. Um, so I highly recommend you check it out. There, like I said, there'll be a link in the episode notes. The entire interview is a little over an hour long. But I'm telling you, it's really worth it. So I've also included links in the episode notes to Damien's YouTube channel, No Stress MS, to MS Views and News YouTube channel, and to Dr. Boster's Boster Center for MS. I can only hope with everything that I've shared that you found a sense of peace and reassurance. Like I always say, knowledge is power. So until the next episode, be smart, be vigilant, be patient. Much love. For more information on the MS Gym, check them out at themsgym.com, on YouTube, Facebook, and Instagram. If you'd like to know what I've been up to lately, you can find me at brookslick.com. Thanks for tuning in, and we'll see you on the next episode of the MS Gym Podcast.